Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Before we even get started... I would ask that you guys pray for the personal intentions of one of the Radio Free Catholic community. Um, Got an email from a listener, had some serious troubles arise within his family, um, and your prayers would be greatly appreciated. Exurgat Deus discipentur inimici eius. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered, and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. I want to open, actually I just want to start by saying the transition to the new podcasting platform has um, basically put out a few more hiccups than I'd anticipated. Hopefully by the time the next podcast drops... Uh, meaning the next one after this one that's being recorded, I can have all of those issues taken care of and the whole catalog uploaded um, or re-uploaded, reconnected or whatever, however they want to talk about it, but basically get the whole catalog back up and running so this way you guys can go back through the catalog and hopefully I don't have to manually upload 800 episodes (laughs) to get it done right. (laughs) Um, However, we are on Acast, and so if you actually go to Acast.com, you can find us there, and that'll make life a little bit easier. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Arcangela, defende nos in proelio. Contra nequitiamit insidias diaboli esto praesidium. Imperatili deus supplicas deprecamur, tu que princeps militae calestis, satana maliosque spiritus malignos que ad perditionem animarum, pervegantur in mundo divina virtute in infernum de trude. Amen. Cor Jesus sacratissimo miserere nobis, mater dolorosa, ora pro nobis. Speculum justitiae, ora pro nobis. Domine ostende facem tuum et salvi erimus, Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculata Conceptio Est. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. I had another episode that I'm actually completely discarding. It was going to be an episode talking about the Give, Send, Go hack. 
Um, at some point, I'm going to actually convert all of those audio files and I'll get those up and running. Um, is what it is as of right now. There's not a whole lot I can do just yet. That is not to say that it won't be rectified shortly. Um, brief note on the Give, Send, Go hack. I'm convinced it was an intelligence operation employed by state actors. More than that, I don't think it's a coincidence that Anonymous has come out and said that they support Ukraine and that they're going to be doing everything that they can to support Ukraine. <clears throat> now, I make mention of that as sort of an opener because here's one of the things that I've noticed in particular about the Russia-Ukraine conflict. And two things. I'm not going to call it an invasion because I don't believe that it is an invasion. If it were an invasion, Russia would have sent way more than 50,000 troops. Russia has at least a million troops. They had 200,000 on the border, near enough to 200,000 on the border. And they did not send 200,000 troops. They sent 50,000 troops. That means that this is not a full-scale this is not a full-scale invasion by any stretch of the imagination. Other things, you'll notice that there is actually a lot of commentary coming from Ukraine. Live, live streamed from Ukraine. That means the communication lines are open. Which is not what you do. It's certainly not what we did to Iraq, and Afghanistan didn't have any communication lines to speak of. But the one of the first things that you typically do is you cut off communication lines and those are still open there have also been a lot of weirdly propagandistic fake news stories and i say fake news stories not not under the moniker of fake news but like false news stories like the so-called ghost of kiev weird because the so-called ghost of kiev um, apparently is like from an ace combat video game or some junk um, second, you had the, uh, the, the Russian tank that was supposedly all out on its own and running over civilian vehicles. Um, why would that be a Russian tank all out on its own? Russia just sort of lost discipline? Third, there aren't high-scale casualties. The reports that 8,000 troops, be it Russian, Ukrainian, or whatever, the reports that 8,000 troops have been repelled, um, killed. Actually, I believe the word was slaughtered. That doesn't seem like, it doesn't pair up with the available evidence. Now, granted, it's a fluid situation, as conflict often is, but I'm just simply going to say video or it didn't happen. We haven't had any real video of firefights or anything like We've had, you know, some supposed bombings and this, that, and the other. But most of the video stuff that has come out is either old, misplaced, as in it happened in another country, or just plain, well, actually, I'm going to go with old and misplaced, as in it, you know, basically, it just didn't happen, or it was, or it was a misinterpretation of some, like, no joke. Because a lot of this stuff is easily findable. It's easily verifiable. We live in a heavily technological age. So the idea that a lot of this stuff, um, and the fact that blue checks and congressmen can get caught up in these in these so-called happenings, 
actually really speaks to the stupidity of a lot of the people who we quote unquote trust to be sources. You know, guys like Adam Kinzinger, who posted and then deleted a tweet about the ghost of Kiev. It's interesting to see, to say the least. That's basically what I'm going to say, is that a lot of what's coming out of Ukraine does seem to be false information. A lot of what's coming, coming out, well, let me back up. The fact that this seems to have united many of the mainstream establishment types, whether they're supposedly on the right or on the left, should be concerning. Because every time that happens, we tend to make a really, really large mistake. And when I say really, really large mistake, I'm talking about like, I don't know, Iraq. When the right and the left united on the idea that there were weapons of mass destruction in Iraq under the control of Saddam Hussein. Which now we largely regard as false. I've been forced into a position where I've, because I've found so very little accurate information, but just generally, because all of, no joke, when, you, when you're on social media and you're looking through the videos and you, you know, you go through like news reports and stuff, all I hear is a bunch of shrill voices talking about how evil Vladimir Putin is and how we absolutely have to come to the aid of Ukraine, despite the fact that we don't actually secure our own borders. Um... And all of that stuff, like everybody gets so very shrill. And so I find myself going, you know what? Let's go ahead and start swinging out to some alternative sources. So I reached out to some new friends. And here's the thing that I find is a consensus for anybody who used to be in a communist country. They hate communism. Some are willing to talk it down like, well, they made some serious mistakes or this, that, and the other. But by and large, across the board, anybody who's ever come out of a communist country, first and foremost, they hate communism. So we can go ahead and stick a fork in the idea that Vladimir Putin's trying to reunite the Soviet Union, because clearly it is not the Soviet Union that he's trying to reunite. I've listened to his speeches. I've listened to the speeches coming out of the White House, coming out of the State Department, coming out of coming coming out of the US government. And there's a marked difference between the two of them. Because one of them offers up a whole bunch of quote unquote red meat without actually going into any details. Likes to promote caricatures of all sides, either uh, Vladimir uh, Vladimir Zelensky is this archetype of heroism, which, by the way, um, that mark that that comment I was saying about um, you know old images. I'm talking specifically about, about the pictures of Vladimir Zelensky in in combat utilities. Those pictures are from like early in his election, early after his election. They're from like April. Like we're talking we're talking about a very very long time ago. There's also something that's missing from the overall discussion, and this is actually one of the things that I think is most important. Zelensky was elected. He was excoriated by the media for the same reason that Donald Trump was excoriated by the media. Zelensky was elected on a platform that sounded almost identical 
to Donald Trump. And yet, weird, his actions since his election have not reflected those same things. And when I say similar to Donald Trump, I'm specifically talking about a few things. One, it was an anti-globalist, Ukraine-first agenda. It was an agenda that was largely predicated on making peace and coming to some semblance of an agreement with Russia. Now, mark those concepts right there and then consider Ukraine today where everybody's talking about trying to get them into the EU. Everybody's talking about trying to get them into NATO. Everybody's talking about sort of getting them in to the global to the global communist agenda, the technocratic union. They're trying to make Ukraine part of the technocratic union. And to be sure, a large portion of Ukraine does want to move in that direction. But the Donbass region, Crimea, those are two regions that absolutely wanted nothing to do with it. Those are two regions that wanted to strengthen the relations with Russia. Now, these are not conspiracy theories. These are facts. These are facts that actually have, that should be adding flavor to the considerations of anybody who is actually looking at this whole situation. Zelensky quite clearly has failed to come through on his promises. He ran on an anti-corruption platform, drain the swamp. He ran on he ran on a peace platform. Well, gee, how's that going? He he ran on an anti-global agenda platform. And yet, everything that's going on right now in Ukraine is exactly the opposite. So, per maybe perhaps Vladimir Zelensky is not the good guy. Per maybe perhaps Ukraine was is has not been operating in good faith. Oh, and sidebar, I've mentioned this in previous episodes, if I can ever get those episodes uploaded or re-uploaded. One in particular was, a, was, was literally titled A Blockbuster Report on Russia and Ukraine, where I talked about the fact that the Azov Special Operations Regiment, also known as the Azov Battalion, is a, neo, is a literal neo-Nazi organization. Now, I don't know as to the quality of the people in there. Maybe they're bad neo-Nazis. Who knows? Maybe they're good neo-Nazis. Who knows? Couldn't even tell you. Haven't worked with any of them yahoos. But I do know that when they say they're a neo-Nazi organization, they're a, they're, they must be a neo-Nazi organization. And the Azov Special Operations Regiment was scattered into a diaspora that was spread across the entirety of the Ukrainian National Guard and the upper-level people in the Azov Battalion integrated themselves and ingratiated themselves into the government. Since the coup in 2014 that was sponsored by the Obama administration under probably very much the particular direction of one Joseph Robinette Biden. We all know that Biden hates white nationalists and and white supremacists and neo-Nazis. I mean, he hates them so much that he was, you know, pretty much an, an apprentice to the, what was it, the Supreme Cyclops or whatever of the KKK? Now, 
let's turn the page real quick and swing on over to the Russia side of the border. As I said, I've been watching a lot of Putin's speeches recently. And having served in operations in many of the particular places that Putin actually explicitly mentions as the NATO expansion to the west or to the east, excuse me. And after having served, I mean, like no joke, since I actually have direct personal experience, I know that the so-called cries to the United Nations about mass graves in Kosovo and the extermination and genocide of ethnic Albanians from southern Yugoslavia, I personally know for a fact those were false. I'm also aware of the fact that the United States and the CIA had a lot to do with the color revolutions in the former U- in the in the region that was Yugoslavia. I know that the US largely caused much of the problems in Bosnia and Herzegovina in Co- in Croatia. I know this because I was there. When he talks about the craziness that happened in Iraq, many of my, actually, correction, all of my closest friends in the military were there. And then I personally have experience in Afghanistan and have seen the utter debacle that Afghanistan managed to turn into as far back as 2005. So when Vladimir Putin actually speaks about these things, I know from personal experience that what he says is actually fact. Does he have a bit of an interpretation to it? Of course he does. But having gone over the security situation with regards to NATO, and having actually taken a look at U.S. troop deployments worldwide, and having actually taken, like, no joke, having actually taken the time out to dive in and study everything that's going on, I look at what I... And then also take the steps back through history. Through the various memos and supposed treaties and and all of these agreements... It's weird. The U.S. and NATO broke all of them since the since the fall of the Soviet Union. The U.S. and NATO has basically said, "Okay, yeah, we're not going to do this, and we're not going to do that, and we're and we're going to definitely make sure of this." And then we proceeded to break every break our word on every step, every single step. Russia was adamant about making sure that we didn't have NATO right across the border. Well, that's weird, because in the aftermath of that, we got Estonia, we got Lithuania, we got Latvia, we got Poland, and we're working on Ukraine. We were working on Belarus and working on Georgia. Well, if you've ever seen a map, and to be sure, most of the politicians who are talking out of both sides of their face on this issue clearly have never seen a map, you can tell quite clearly by a quick glance of where our troops are, where NATO is, who our NATO allies are, that, hey, newsflash, we broke all those rules. 
We said, don't worry, we're not going to do this. And then we did it. Don't worry, we'll make sure that this is fine. And then we didn't. And Russia went to the IMF and, and, tried, to, and tried to get some of the same help in the, in the after, in the, during the collapse of the Soviet Union. They tried to get the, some of the same help that Poland got. And we told them to go pound sand. In fact, we proceeded to continue to break their economy again and again and again and again and again. Which I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, just kind of sort of looked a little bit like what the British and the United States did to Germany in between the First and Second World Wars. I've also talked about this in previous episodes. Like I said, if I can manage to get all of these episodes fully uploaded onto the podcast platforms, and maybe they are. In fact, actually, if they are, somebody shoot me an email, radio, uh, excuse me, Caleb at RadioFreeCatholic.com. <clears throat> because some of, because no joke, a lot of this is actually already supposed to be up. But if you, di- but if you're listening to this and you don't know where the catalog is, you can definitely swing over to Acast and find it. There's 800 episodes. Which sounds like a lot. But given the fact that I have a tendency to do two and three a day, it's like, it's really not. But I talked about all of these issues in previous podcasts. And here's here's the thing. I listen to Vladimir Putin. I watch his face. I see his body language. I read the subtitles. I go over the videos two and three times to make sure I, I see everything that I think I'm seeing. And the only time that Vladimir Putin ever lied was when he decided to not do something he said he was going to do if the West, if the collective West, I love that phrase actually, if the collective West did X, Y, or Z. Many times he said he would do something and he held back. But this time... He said he would do something. The collective West said, we don't think you'll do it, and proceeded to act the fool like we have a tendency to do, and then he did it. But like in Kazakhstan, he didn't go in and sweep through and destroy everything. He didn't invade. He dropped troops, he went in, he secured facilities, he restored order, and then and in the case of Kazakhstan, three days, I'm not even joking, The reports came out that he went into Kazakhstan, and I'm like, oh my goodness, and then a day later, it's like, hey, this is what's going on, and then by the third day, nothing. Because the Kazakhstani incursion was like five minutes. This is going to take a little bit longer, because he may have miscalculated, he may have miscalculated, but very clearly in his calculations included not going through and obliterating everything. And that is kind of important. It's kind of an important thing to, to, to hold on to. Because in the past, Russia came in like a warhammer. We know this. We saw it. We saw it in Chechnya and Georgia. Now, mind you, different military objective in, in Chechnya. In Chechnya, it was to put down Muslim terrorists. And... Different, yeah, different incursion means different tactics. 
But we've seen this previously, like we've seen military, Russian military actions, and generally Russian military actions are significantly more heavy-handed than they oddly have been in Ukraine. 200,000 troops on the border, if he was invading, he just would have gone in with all of them. Maybe kept back 20 or 30,000 for as a rear as a rear guard area. Now, why am I talking about all this? <clears throat> if you're a traditional Catholic, if you're a faithful Catholic, if you're a Catholic who's hip to the threat of the so-called New World Order, if you're aware of the technocratic union, these technocrats, the World Economic Forum, the Bill Gateses of the world, the George Soroses of the world, then here's the thing that you really got to keep in mind. We know that that agenda, the World Economic Forum agenda, the One World Government agenda, the Global Communist agenda, the Global Homo agenda, whatever it is that you want to call it, but we call here the Technocratic Union. The Technocratic Union, big tech, big pharma, big banks, big, comp big corporations and big government. The Technocratic Union is absolutely, hands down, without a doubt, the enemy. Why? Because they want the whole world under the one umbrella. They're the ones who are talking about can't, freezing your bank accounts if you disagree with them politically. They're the ones who are talking about universal identification so that they can track you and your movements worldwide. They can track your financial transactions. They can track where you go, who you talk to. They can track your social media. They can track all of it. All right. Anybody who does not understand as a Catholic, as a Christian, that that is the first most imminent threat. Because that is the threat against your family. That is a threat against your children. That is a threat against your household. That is a threat against your future. Anybody who does not understand that that is the preeminent threat and that all this other stuff, for the most part, is smoke-filled coffeehouse crap is losing their flipping mind. Vladimir Putin is not my enemy. Do you know why? Because Vladimir Putin is not talking about a universal digital passport. Vladimir Putin is not talking... Vladimir Putin is not in the United States advocating for a vaccine passport. Which, by the way seems to be popping up in the weirdest locations around the United States, including in red states. And if you were unaware that you, and I'm going to tell you, there are more than a couple red states that have decided, or reddish states, purple states, whatever, West Virginia is pretty high up on that list. South Carolina is pretty high up on that list. If you did not know that West Virginia and South Carolina have already kind of covertly slid in the vaccine passports, then you're paying attention to the wrong topic. Because Vladimir Putin isn't talking about a global passport. He's not talking about pandemic watch. Now, granted, Russia has decided to do a bunch of stuff that's kind of in line with what the rest of the world did. But when you're looking at the fact that 192 countries all went eight, excuse me, all went bonkers in the advent, at the advent of COVID, Maybe you cut a few countries here and there a little bit of slack.
most of the United States went bonkers. The all-hallowed orange Superman went bonkers at the advent at the advent of COVID. But it would seem that the powers that be, the Great Reset, climate, I mean, for crying out freaking loud, John Kerry is on the news talking about how he hopes that Vladimir Putin will make sure that this doesn't distract him, this, this whole thing in Ukraine doesn't distract him from the fact that climate change is the most imminent thing. Like, er, my flirpin' burpin' gird. What? You want to talk about being detached from reality. I actually want to cuss right now. It's funny. <sighs> you have to be so thoroughly removed from reality that your brain is permanently plugged into some weird Earth Day Captain Planet crap. He's dropping bombs. You think he's worried about carbon carbon footprints? You might say anything that makes me drop a bomb might be a little bit higher up on my agenda than climate change. But the same people who are talking about we stand with Ukraine, they're on board with the vax ports. They're on board with masks. They're on board with critical race theory. They're on board with all of the things that we have been identifying as adversarial to the traditional Catholic way of life. So in a, after a manner of speaking, I'm actually using the Ukraine conflict as a litmus test. Have I decided that Vladimir Putin's the bad guy? No. Have I decided that he's the good guy? No. The jury's out. And the jury's out because I don't live in Ukraine. I don't live in Russia. What I see is a military leader who has decided that fighting the global agenda, and he specifically talks about the global agenda and, and the cultural agenda currently being exported by the United States government. Now, mind you, we're talking about the same United States government that has decided that trans lives matter so much that we've decided to put that at the forefront beyond actually winning wars. This is the same U.S. government that is that in the last two years has decided, or excuse me, in the last year has decided that they're going to release recruiting commercials for the Central Intelligence Agency promoting transgender spies. We're talking about the same military organization whose chief is standing is sitting there in front of Congress with his flappy little jowls talking about how I want to understand white rage and I'm white. Because diversity has become so preeminently important that we're not even as concerned about repelling a nation like Russia. 
<laughs> and diversity is our strength. And you know what's really funny is that at the same time Putin is talking about how, you know, the West, the collective West, is exporting these agendas. He's also talking about how he recognizes the ethnic diversity within the great expanse that is Russia. Not terribly surprising. Russia's huge. They're going to be diverse just by accident. But you take your pick. Someone who's talking about upholding Christian values. Someone who's talking about promoting family. Promoting traditional culture. Or somebody who's promoting the destruction of the family. Someone who's promoting the idea that a good Supreme Court justice, the best pick for the Supreme Court, the highest court in the land, is a critical race theory activist, black woman. Not an expert in law, not an expert in the courts, not an expert on the Constitution, because remember, that is actually the principal function of the Supreme Court, is to determine whether or not something is constitutional, but an activist whose primary, whose primary qualifier was the color of her skin and the shape of her genitalia. We're talking about an organization that wants to defund the police and strip you of your ability to defend yourself and completely fail to defend the borders of the United States while simultaneously dropping weapons to a bunch of randos in Ukraine saying, hey, protect your borders. We stand with your border integrity. Like, what? How do you even hold those two thoughts in your tiny little brain at the same time without being either on, I don't know, some heavy narcotics or so old that you can't even remember what you, whether or not you brushed your teeth that morning. Who would you side with? Someone who's promoting traditional Christian values? Someone who's promoting, you know, the family? I mean, don't get me wrong, Russia's not doing a great job at it. You can still get a Russian mail-order bride for about ten grand. That's up from about $5,000, by the way. <clears throat> they're, not ob they're obviously not doing awesome at it. <laughs> but seriously... You're not going to tell me that some fat, acne-ridden, purple-haired, nose-pierced, gender studies, whatever, and I say whatever because, you know, they don't know if they're man or woman, so I'm not even going to bother to make the assumption for them. You're not going to tell me that one of them is preferable to the traditional Christian family. You're just not. And yeah, I got it. 
The Pope hasn't, you know, the Pope, in union with all the bishops, has not consecrated Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. So there's going to be a lot of slip here. There's going to be a lot of problems here. Vladimir Putin's not the savior of mankind, clearly. But the obvious enemy is Klaus Schwab. The obvious enemy is Bill Gates. The obvious enemy is George Soros. The obvious enemy is Antifa. The obvious enemy is BLM. The obvious enemy are the politicians who are fully on board and the corporations who back them up financially and morally. And you know who those people aren't? Those people aren't Vladimir frickin' Putin. Which means, Vladimir, it is not obvious that Vladimir Putin is my enemy. Plus, it's kind of a long way away. And, I know from personal experience, as well as a casual review of the history, and I say casual, I put that in scare quotes, <clears throat> I know from personal experience and a, quote, casual review of the history, that Vladimir Putin's also not the aggressor. Overall, certainly not when it comes to, not when it comes to the United States, NATO, the United Nations, and Russia. Now, is he the, the aggressor with Ukraine? Well, one of the nice things is I got an opportunity to listen to Robert Barnes's legal analysis. And Barnes is clear. Both Ukraine and Russia have legitimate self-defense concerns, according to international law. Now, whether it was a good idea, whether it was a good thing that Vladimir Putin chose... I mean, war is generally evil. I've already said in a previous po podcast that war, it, and actually previous podcasts as well as sourcing for a couple of interviews, that war is another form of human sacrifice, as clearly evidenced by the First and Second World Wars. So clearly war is not a good thing. But it's weird it is so very weird let me put it this way if the hacker group anonymous and the likes of elizabeth warren and nancy pelosi etc i'm just going to say etc we'll just if they are for it I'm not. It's that simple. Nancy Pelosi is provably evil. Elizabeth Warren is provably stupid and evil. The deep state, provably evil. Big tech, provably evil. Big pharma, provably evil. Bill Gates, provably evil. Klaus Schwab, provably evil. The World Economic Forum, provably evil. So if they're for something, I'm not. Period. They want to try and push Russia to the peripheries? I want to know why. 
I want to know what's so important. Is it because Russia's that stick in the mud that you just can't seem to get past in order to establish your stupid little utopia? Well, if that's the case, then go Russia. And if we can ever get the Pope in union with all the bishops to get out there and consecrate Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, guess what? I'm going to be very go Russia then too. Here's what I know. I know that the Rokor, Rokor, the Russian Orthodox Church, went as far as they could. When Vladimir Putin went to Mount Athos, there was a particular there was a particular position that he was put in and the photograph of which is as close to the Russia, to Rokor consecrating him as king as you can get They sat him in a seat that had not been occupied since the time of the empire, the Russian empire. And from what I understand, they sat him in a seat that hasn't been used in a very, very long time. And it was a very, very public statement. And for those of you who are traditional Catholics, who find yourselves following the lines of say Francisco Franco, or Queen Isabella, for those of you who seem to be in line with the concept of monarchism, the idea that Vladimir Putin would be running Russia as the monarch shouldn't really be particularly scary. And if it is, you need to ask yourself why. We're all familiar with Fatima. We all know the deal. We also know that God chooses the kings. And if it's for Vladimir Putin to assume the throne of the czars, well, that's God's will. Oh, but he stole it. Whatever. We'll find that out in the general judgment. We'll know for sure. Now, if this whole debacle ends up leading us into nuclear war, well, Our Lady did say something about fire from the heavens. Our Lady did say something about entire nations being annihilated. Our Lady did say something about a great chastisement. Our Lady did say that Russia had a lot to do with it. Catholic prophecy, in fact, actually, it's not even just Catholic prophecy. Understand that even in the Russian Orthodox Church, back before, back before you know, the recent politic- politicizations, um, in the last hundred or so years, even in the Russian Russian Orthodox Church, it is traditionally understood that Gog and Magog are Russia. In sacred scripture, it is generally understood by all traditional Christians of the Orthodox and or Catholic faiths that Gog and Magog are Russia. And understand that. God doesn't call him doesn't God doesn't call them the evil empire. They simply call them Gog and Magog. That these things will happen. 
Like I've said many times, I can't speak necessarily to the goodness or the wickedness of people from other countries. But I can definitely speak to the wickedness going on in my own. And the same thing actually goes for Canada. Anybody in Canada who's talking about, we stand with Ukraine against Putin because Putin's worse than, well, worse than who? Worse than Justin Trudeau? Did you guys already forget what Justin Trudeau just did to your country? Did you already forget what the deputy prime minister is doing to your country? Talking about making those economic measures permanently available to the government so that they can, you know, manage to stamp down on those pesky little terrorists, or excuse me, protest uh, terrorists. Yeah, those guys. To make sure that you can't stand up another trucker convoy. To make sure that they have the tools available when the loggers come through here in the middle of this month. Upcoming. As to the other stuff, if they want to cut Russia off from SWIFT, which is their wire transfer payment system for the uh, for internet for uh, the international wire transfer payment system, you really think that's going to hurt Russia? It's going to hurt Russia for like a week. New acronym already came up. CIPS. The Asian replacement to SWIFT. You think that's not going to have ramification? Do you honestly think that these sanctions aren't going to eventually backfire? Do you understand how over-leveraged the collective West is? We're looking at a total global meltdown of the world economic system, of all of the major banks worldwide. Deutsche Bank, UBS, Chase, Bank of America, all of the above. We're looking at being so over-leveraged that the snapback from this is going to cause people the world over to starve. Even in the hallowed halls of America, where we have been high on the hog, with our drunk with our own power for so long that we stopped even paying attention to how the people we put in charge use it. If you're going to have a really, really serious opinion about the Donbass, maybe be able to pick it out on a map. Maybe some, t- maybe take a little bit of time out to learn some real history. Because the parallels between the U.S. involvement in Ukraine and the Cuba Missile Crisis are very, very stark indeed. They're very, very clear. You want to get you want to get uppity about Russia's decision to go into Ukraine. Okay. Are you equally uppity about Kennedy's decision with the Bay of Pigs? Hmm? Maybe. Plus, minus, maybe, maybe not. Oh, but we were justified, right? Right. It's not black and white. It's not. 
Anybody who thinks it is, is a fool. Anybody who thinks that you could just throw all your chips in with Ukraine. Well, because they're good people. How do you know? Do you know Ukrainians? I know Ukrainians, and for the most part, yes, they are good people. I mean, you know, they're about as good as any other person on Earth, except a politician. Unless they happen to be a Ukrainian politician. Or a Ukrainian oligarch, like, say, the head of the Burisma Holdings Company. He didn't seem like all that nice of a person when he was dealing with his competition by cutting their bodies up with a chainsaw. So maybe it's not... And that was just the guy that was paying off Hunter Biden. Excuse me, I meant Joe Biden. Paying Hunter Biden to basically be a silent partner on a board and lining, basically greasing the pockets of Joe Biden. To the tune of $83,000 a month, or approximately a $1 million annual salary, to sit on a board for a company that he knows nothing about in a country that he knows nothing about, and do what exactly? I mean, for $83,000 a month, that's a significant amount of crack cocaine. And for all of that money, he didn't even come away with a Ukrainian bride. That's weird. We had better not forget the fact that it was Joe Biden who came out bragging about using a billion dollars as extortion to get the prosecutor who was supposed to be investigating, who was actually investigating Burisma Holdings when Hunter Biden was on the board, used a billion dollars as extortion to get that prosecutor fired. And he bragged about it on video on stage in front of the Council of Foreign Relations, who's another one of those agencies who you, or organizations who you might not want to ever be on the same side as. Oh, you support Ukraine, otherwise you're a Nazi, you're a white supremacist. Bruh. The white supremacists are in Ukraine. And we know this. News articles as far back as 2013 from such hugely right-wing sources like the New York Times, Reuters, The Guardian, That's just right-wing propaganda. Yeah, the New York Times, right-wing propaganda. Yeah, let's go with that. I said nobody ever. <clears throat> there is still the distinctive possible, po- excuse me, possibility that this ends up as nuclear war. Russia has said that they have that they have subs deployed they have said that they have upgraded the alert status of their nuclear weapon of their nuclear weapons facilities and so it's not outside the realm of possibility that this could end up in nuclear war pray that it doesn't but prepare like it will if you get an opportunity later today as this podcast drops i'll be doing an interview my monthly interview, it's turning into a monthly interview thing, with with Tradcat, with Eric Gajewski over on Tradcat Night. And we're going to talk about some of this, and I'm actually going to take a little bit of time out uh, uh, to set aside some things for Catholic singles who maybe aren't inter- fully integrated into a community. 
And I say that because I am a single Catholic, not fully integrated into a community. My community, my parish, is 200 miles away from my house. And if you happen to be in that kind of situation, I'm going to be bouncing some ideas back and forth with Eric for these particular situations because it's different when you have a community that you're comfortably ensconced in. But for those travelers, we're going to talk about some ways to prepare on the off chance that this goes completely pear-shaped. For the rest of you, dear family, pray for the church. Pray for our nation. We have to do penance and reparation for our nation because our nation has done so much provably, objectively wicked stuff. And we let it happen. We let them do these things. I am not convinced that Kosovo is better off than it was when it was part of Yugoslavia. I'm not convinced that Croatia is better off than it was when it was part of Yugoslavia. I am not convinced that Bosnia and Herzegovina are better off than they were under Yugoslavia. Now, I am convinced that they are better off than they were under the Soviet Union, but I'm not convinced that they're better off than they were under Yugoslavia. And I know for a fact that Ukraine has not been better off since it absconded from the Commonwealth of Independent States and the Soviet Union. They have objectively not been better off since. And it's a fun fact that Vladimir Putin keeps pointing out because he keeps saying to the people of Ukraine, if your new economic order, if your new friends are so great, how come the entire time you've been courting them, you've been getting worse and worse off? And that is largely American influence. Because anybody who thinks that NATO is not basically a series of vassal states to the United States, you're deluding yourselves. We are the empire. But the empire's name is NATO. And if you don't like that take, well, I suggest you get over it because all you're going to find as you keep digging is that that is absolutely true. We have vassalized most of the world. So pray that there's some semblance of repentance. Some semblance, and when I say some semblance, I'm not saying that we need to disband the empire. But if we're going to act like an empire, we need to be as responsible as an empire is supposed to be. And not be the douche nuggets that we've been for the last century. And if you want to see the kind of douche nuggetry that we've been pulling, all you have to do is take what Justin Trudeau did last this last month and apply it to a global national stage. International stage, excuse me. You take what he did to the truckers and apply it to the global stage. And that is what the United States has been doing since World War I. And there's some reparation that needs to be made for that. Maybe consider it. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 